Rugby Billiam. No messing about. Um, Billiam's from uh, Melbourne and he's a kind of towering figure in the kind of lo-fi, egg-punk, synth-punk, garage-punk, Aussie scuzz scene. Uh, every time, I, so many great music he's a part of. Um, uh, just a list of few bands. Tor, Aggressive Hugger, Sylvie's, or Sylvie's, I don't know. Uh, Disco Junk, Weird, Collective Hardcore, The Incredible Basic, Bongo Band. He's just in so, I mean, I think that's, I don't think that's all of them. He's in so many great stuff and uh, I'm a big fan. He's also the brains behind the underground Aussie punk zine Magnetic Visions which uh, I'm a big fan of um, I first heard him I first heard him on he, he's got a thing called .com with I believe the TV repairman I think it's a sort of side project they got together but I didn't actually know it was Billiam I didn't realise it was him uh, but I, I liked it but the first time I actually was aware of Billiam was Billiam Synth Explosion uh, especially a song called uh, Big Business Mario where it's got a really cool little uh, sample of Super Mario at the beginning and uh, I was hooked, I was really into it and as soon as I discovered the world of Billiam and I got hooked on all his singles and uh, you know, eventually my absolute honour, he recorded the theme tune so I'm very very happy about that anyway, for the theme tune for the podcast by the way anyway, enough of my yakking let's get chatting, Billiam Heads on Six Chats, let's do it So, Billiam, how's things, man? Uh, things are pretty good. Things are pretty good down here. Just kind of, you know, chilling. Had a bit of a 
quiet day, just packing some stuff and all that. Yeah, things are just all right. Just all right. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing insane's happened yet. The sun isn't on. The sun hasn't come down, set everything on fire yet. Yeah, well, I'll let yeah. you know if it does. But Bristol's yeah. bleak as well, mate. Don't worry about it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Hang on. I accidentally unplugged my headphones. Uh-oh. Off to a off to a good start. Yeah, you're you're, you're jacked in. Good, good. All right. Now I, I thought I'd ask you why why do you think why do you think you have the picture you do? Why the tentacles? Why the bug eyes? Because there is a reason. I, I, I did just. That's uh, just some bullshit. Is it a reference to bug out? No, but that's that could be subconscious. No, it's less. It's, to be honest, it's, it's less clever than that. Anything like that. But every, every, uh, my my intention with the images, like, I kind of want it to have like a kind of. It, it says something about the person that I think they are. Is so it because I have multiple projects going on and it's like multiple tentacles? That's that's right. That's the tentacles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah, there yeah. we go. God, yeah, you yeah. put you put a lot of effort into this. I just like thought it looked cool. You know. Oh, well, the, that's there. that's the priority. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> it's a uh, dirtbag distros. Jane, he, he's doing all the yeah, artwork. Yeah, Jane. Yeah, he did the artwork for the last issue of Magnetic Visions. He's fucking incredible. Yeah, he's amazing. As, as soon as I saw his stuff, I thought, yeah, he's the one. But so yeah, yeah, tentacles because you got like a million projects, but also. Uh, Bug eyes for, for some reason. For some reason, whenever I, whenever I think of because I mean this is the first time I met you, but Billiam is a kind of entity before before I actually met you. So when I listen to, yeah. when I listen to your music and stuff, and I thought Billiam, whoever that is, it's like it's like a little like feverish feverish like gecko or fly, just kind of <laughs> just kind of sort of his head darting around for, looking at any kind of next project, and it's sort of buzzing around or flickering around like a gecko or something like that. So that's kind of why that's why the bug eyes. Well, you're pretty accurate because that's kind of how I think. <laughs> like, I'm kind of a bit ratty and buggy yeah. with that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's that's. I'm glad, I'm glad I captured it. I'm glad I captured you. Well, he he did as well. Uh, why yeah. um, why why so many projects, man? Why uh, I, I think it's great, but why um, why don't you just have this like one? Th- I know you, I know disco junk is your, your sort of your kind of your day job. Yeah, if that makes sense. But like, but yeah. with billion. Why why the alter egos and the projects and the you know why not just have it all billion? I think I just like writing under different names and different sort of, I guess, musical concepts, you know, basing it around a certain thing. Like I kind of nicked the idea from um, Connie, you know, near and all that. He's done a bunch of things under different names. And I think giving something a new name or writing something around a singular concept, it just kind of helps me put something together. And like, sometimes I'll write around like a band name or something and then throw the songs to other projects just because, like, you know, writing under, I guess, a concept or a brand even helps me make something different or something that doesn't sound the same, if that makes any sense. Like, all yeah. my projects have something different. Like, they sound similar. It's punk. But, like, all of them have, like, I guess, a distinction in some manner. Yeah, there's, def- there's definitely, I, I think um, that compilation you-, you brought out a year or two ago where it was... Uh... Billiam's World is that right? Yeah, Billiam's World. Yeah, yeah. To, to me, that's a really that's a really apt title. It, it is like it is like a little universe of his of, of all these little other kind of like uh, facets to your to your you know to your being or whatever. But um, yeah, I I mean I stole that from like Lumpy, but you know yeah, oh, really? it's a good term. Oh yeah, it he did me. he did okay. Marty's World. He did oh, okay. Marty's World and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of where I all oh, right um, grabbed it, it from. Yeah, is that is that something that helps you creatively? A, a sort of a kind of peripheries, almost like a you have to work within a certain sort of frame framework for, for each. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Working within like, or having set boundaries can really help sometimes like, you know, having like even sometimes like a time limit, like sometimes I just like trying to see how much I can get done in a day. Like the first collective hardcore EP I wrote, recorded and mixed in a day just because I wanted to see how much I could get done in one day. Yeah. Like, you know, I like having constraints or concepts to work around. I guess as well, uh, that approach is, is just perfect for lockdown because it, it gives you like, it's always like t- tasks, like fun tasks, you know, just to kind of get- Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like during like the fucking lo- like I've got so much shit from that time that I still haven't released yet. Like you know I've done the single comp and I put out I put out a few things that like fuck I've got a lot. Like um I did an EP like with just bass, drum machine, and synth called Spin Dash that I need to put out at some point. I recorded like a whole album for tour that like we're just like finishing off now. We might re-record a few things which might take a while i did like a whole billion album like a more poppy sort of album that i want to spend a bit more time on and then there's just like a bunch of like dumb shit like i did that i did another ep under the name the dads which is just writing songs like under like a stereotypical dad name yeah (laughs) it was really good for lockdown i just did like so much dumb shit i probably drove my parents insane doing all that shit just like playing drums and all that so, so you mentioned a, a legitimate dad rock album. Yeah, like, well, I, <laughs> I I, put it on YouTube. Yeah, like, I just, like, thought, hey, wouldn't it be funny if I just, like, wrote songs where just, like, every song used to be, yeah, like, I'm a dad! Like, just dumb <laughs> shit like that. I thought that was really funny, and I did four songs. I put them on YouTube, and then I've recorded another four. I should probably put out at some point. It's just sometimes hard, because I don't want to rush everyone with shit i kind of want to you know spread it out or give time to sit on it to see if there's anything i want to go back on and improve yeah you know what i mean yeah sure and also i tell you what it's really funny that you mentioned spin dash because uh i didn't actually know that was you but the other day i was listening to that comp that compilation uh what's the one yeah that, uh, um, a long time alone that's right yeah so president's called the alien wasn't it that's the song isn't it yeah presidents told me to kill i mean aliens told me to kill the president that's right yeah so i was listening to that the other day and as i was listening to it i was like that's billy a minute <laughs> yeah like, I, just, yeah. I just knew it was you but i, I did yeah i was actually gonna ask you because um not not even in the podcast because i i'm actually uh, a little sneak a little a little tasty taste i'm, I'm sticking it in the next bit spit static by the way but um uh I, I was gonna message you being like hey mate is this you just to let it just just to find out <laughs> yeah yeah there's actually another thing that was, it, this is a bit of a tangent, but like, um, I released it. So I thought it, this was another lockdown thing. I thought it would be funny to see if I could release an album under a different name and not put it on the Billiam account and see if anyone was ever able to connect it back to me. I just wrote Dork, put it online. And like, I think a couple of months ago, someone messaged me like, hey dude, you'd like this band. They sound a lot like you. And it was just like, someone figured it out. Like uh-huh. it was so funny. It's, there's a vibe there's a vibe to, to all of your projects there is yeah. and as you say like yeah there, there are lots of different sort of styles or flavors but uh there is just a kind of you just you just know you just know you know you just um, know what it you is just know yeah um is there any are you are you are you involved in any projects where you're i know i know with disco junk like you're more that's a band and tour is a band isn't it yeah you're a member yeah. of a band in that but are you yeah. are you just are you under underneath someone else's kind of predominantly their vision you know yeah, I mean, like, do you mean like you know being in a band and like just sort of having less creative control? Yeah, that's band? right. Where you're, you're, you're yeah, yeah, you're just you're 
you're playing your instrument, but you're you're kind of under under someone else's direction. Yeah, um, I'm in a few of those. It's been I was in more, you know, at the start of 2020, and a lot of those bands have sort of just started picking up now. Um, I'm in Aggressive Hugger, which is Disco Junk's bassist band, which is kind of a cool like sort of proggy synth punk band with a lot of cool, you know, sort of things. I do bass in that and I'm um, just, this band's just starting up, but it's a new band called Slap Butter, which is a bunch of my friends who haven't been in bands yet. Zoom fuck up. Zoom fuck up. Zoom fuck up. Doing sort of like a Riot girl thing. I outlets and I really enjoy that. It's sometimes fun just to like play an instrument and not to worry about composing or directing other people. You can just focus on what you're doing and have fun with that. Yeah. Like it's fun to head a band, but it's sometimes fun to just like make noise, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, you're, you're 19. Is that, is that right? Yeah. 19. 19. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking, uh, I think it's what 10 years ago. Yeah. What, what, what were you listening to? Well, around nine, 10, if, if that's sort of 2011, 2010 sort of time, what, what was the, what was the bill? Yeah. What was the 10 year old billion listening to? What was going on musically? Literally life? nothing but Minecraft parodies. All I listened to was just like Minecraft parodies. And oh, like, right, right. I guess really like mainstream pop songs. I didn't really get into music like until I was like 14. Like, you know, I guess actively seeking out music and wanting to play it. You know, I was like at that point, I was just like, I wanted to do like YouTube stuff for a long time, be a YouTuber. That just like didn't work out. And I'm very glad it didn't work out and that no one saw those videos <laughs> yeah but yeah that's i was probably just listening to minecraft music okay so when you when you uh, uh wanted to be a youtuber it, it, you mean not necessarily music related just you just wanted to be a, a, a youtube personality yeah like do video game sort of shit like yeah you know i was really into video games that time and then i kind of kicked that habit because you know, I was pretty close to being addicted to that sort of stuff. And I only started, I guess, doing video game stuff like a couple of years ago. Again, you know, much more controlled, but you know, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what I did when I was that age. Yeah. You can't, I, mean, I think at that age, you can't really, I think I, I play video games. Yeah. I like video games as much as anyone else, but yeah, I think like video games is something that can be abused, isn't it? You can't abuse music. You can't play too much music or you can't, you can't get hooked on you. I mean, you can in a sort of figurative sense, but you can't really get. Yeah, in a figurative sense. Yeah, but you, you can't, can't like get like chemically addicted to the point where you need to like go to therapy to like take your guitar off you. I'm sure someone has at some point, but it's a lot less common than like video game addiction yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I must admit, my, the, the Minecraft thing, because I'm, I'm 32, so I'm a little bit older. So Minecraft is something that kind of, you know, passed me by. I, I, don't, I don't really know that stuff, but I, I do know that you're crafting a kind of a world and I guess that's very appealing if you're a young kid or young sort of like preteen and yeah like you know life is a bit you know it's you're going through your emotions like any other teenager preteen or whatever and you know to craft this world and be in it must must be very tempting you know yeah it was it was nice to you know just like I used to be really into like building like stuff from like movies and all that like I'd watch something and try and recreate it in Minecraft it was sort of a nice thing to do you know as a kid it's something to do you know because I guess people are you know you're quite bored at that age mm. and I guess maybe that transferred a bit into building whatever the hell this is whatever the hell I'm doing now yeah, you know yeah. with that sort of 
running a million different things at once, trying to recreate ideas and concepts I've seen in other people in my own way, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, and what about, so when you kind of got to 14, 15, and you're, and you're kind of thinking, you started to get into music, what what was that then? What was that for you? What, uh, you know, what was your kind of sh- formative shaping uh, for music? What's your, what's your foundation? Uh, well, like, I found it, like, so, like, my the first band I ever, like, really, you know, fell in love with and I was like, this is sick, was uh, Green Day, which I presume is a lot of people. And I was, like, I would just watch videos, like, you know, about the band and people talking about, you know, similar bands, like a lot of, I guess, uh, historical or archival content, a lot of, like, you know, the VH1 sort of behind the music sort of things. I'd watch them a bunch and... You know, through that, I found a lot of the bigger, you know, rock acts, the ones that, you know, sell stadiums. And I guess when I was hearing that, I was in like year six, I was about to go into high school. I was like, it just kind of spoke to me in a way. And it was just nice, you know, to have, uh, hang on, where am I going with this? Um, It was nice to, you know, I guess it appealed to me because I had this, you know, thing that I could base uh, part of me around other people like these bands other people would talk about these bands and there were a bunch of and there was a bunch of cool other music that you could find through these bands yeah yeah I, sorry I, if that was completely out there no 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 i, I get you completely and I, and I can relate to that where like you start off with a certain i'll see what i find it's funny because you, you, you're talking about vh1 but for me uh a lot of like a little bit a little bit later on for me it was just like, it's like wikipedia i would i would like yeah I would wikipedia just... as well just yeah. like going through Wikipedia pages. I remember like reading because the Beatles have like, you know, these insanely long Wikipedia pages. When I got into them, I just spent days just reading over and over the Beatles Wikipedia pages, just like finding out about the band, their yeah. history and just like other aspects. Like, you know, you find out about other bands through that and then you just explode into this network. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of, I can't think of any examples right now, but the one, the one, the one example that comes to mind is when I, when I first got into, um, well, I, he's a he's a piece of shit, but I, I did at a time like Marilyn Manson, and uh, yeah. Uh, but but then then I sort of discovered Nine Inch Nails through reading the Wikipedia. Then I got into Skinny Puppy. Then I got into Throbbing Gristle and Cabaret. Yeah, Voltaire. you just like it, yeah, you, yeah. you just go down and down and down and down, and then you're just at these like weird obscure musical rabbit right, holes, yeah, and it's yeah. awesome. Are, are you a big Beatles fan? Are you are you a big Beatles nut? Um, I like the Beatles now. I'm more of a kinks person, honestly, but you know, I like a lot of the Beatles stuff and have a huge appreciation for what they did and all that. You know, I like a bit of classic rock, but I'm very picky, I guess is the word. Like if something isn't like, you know, insanely good, I'm just gonna kind of toss it to the wayside and disregard it. Like I'm not gonna force myself to try and like it in a way. Yeah, I I think I think like often. I think most music you, you can kind of know. I, the whole thing about it grows on you, it grows on you. Like, that can happen, but uh, I, 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 I can't be doing something I've got to listen to about 15 times before I find anything remotely interesting about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, because I guess there have been, like, genres of music that, like, at times I've disregarded. Like, for a, for a, time, for a period of time that I embarrassed to admit how long it was, I refused to listen to any music with... um synthesizers in them because i thought it was not real and bad and now i'm fucking obsessed with synthesizers like i just cannot get enough of them and music based around it the folly like, of you, i guess eh? yeah i know <laughs> oh, okay. 
Uh, the rabbit hole. Don't go down the synthesizer rabbit hole, kids. You'll be like playing with patch cables in music stores in no time. It's, it's dangerous. <laughs> um, I, I tell you what. I mean, I mean, I, I um, I, I remember battling that that sort of being up against that idea a lot when I first when I first got into, when I first got into you know I was into electronic music, but I was into stuff like I don't know Chemical Brothers, you know, and sort of yeah, which which I don't I, I'm less fussed about now. I don't really care so much anymore. But then. Again, we go. It's that it's that backwards thing, and then uh, and then Apex Twin, Warp Records, that kind yeah. of stuff, you know. And, but then when I first sort of became aware of like, oh right, actually, yeah, there's a synthesizer, there's a there's a machine, and it's like mysterious and cool, and like you know, it's got this beautiful sound. Yeah. And uh, uh, and, and I, I would I would kind of like you know I, I got really into it, in, but in a way that my peers were just like just like they just thought, well, what what's the deal? You press a button and it does stuff. Who, who fucking cares? You know. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the same with like any instrument. You know, you can go down guitars and drums and all that. Like even recording as well, which is like you know the thing I guess I'm the most obsessed with, like how things are recorded and how things get X sound or whatever. You know, that's something that I'm eternally fascinated by. Is it? Yeah. Does it? Um. Is it? Is it surprisingly complicated to get to get that lo-fi sound, or is it very simple? Like, oh my god, it's so hard. Like I. So like, you know, most of the music I listen to or like my favorite albums are recorded on, I guess, quite shit hardware with like tape and all that. And I'm recording a lot of it digitally and just, Jesus Christ, it's so hard to get. Like I've gone through so many different ways of getting that sound, running it through old tape players, like just recording it through like Barbie karaoke microphones and <laughs> stuff like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm always just like chasing this better and better sound, even though... I, a lot of the time I'm happy enough with the pro with the product. I just always think it can sound better and always striving to get it to sound better. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I guess though, you know, you know, if, if you, if you always seem it could be better, I guess there's that, there's that kind of like welcome blemish and imperfection that kind of, you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. That defines that kind of, you know, the lo-fi scuzzy thing, you know? Yeah. As long as, like I say, if like the main thing with any songwriting thing is as long as it sounds good, it, you know, people will listen to it. Like, you know, as long as the songwriting is good. And like in in 20 years, maybe like the sound of like a really shitty digital microphone will be desirable. And there'll be like people trying to collect old fucking laptops to get like this specific sound when there's something way more convenient and easy, you know, like the same way people do with like four tracks now. You yeah. Know? You never know. What, what what what's your what's your minimum requirement? Let's say you wake up, you think, well, I'm, I've got a new, I've got a new project in my head. It's just me. I'm gonna do a little EP today. Just bash these songs out. Each song's thirty seconds. What is the minimum you need? Um, I I use I definitely need my Tascam uh, DPX eight track recorder. That's what I pretty much do everything through. You know, it's just a good little unit to press record and it records it, and um i probably just need you know some mics an sm57 and a 58 um and since i run a lot of shit through di the main pedal i use to get my sound is a um i forget the company but it's called a bad monkey overdrive that is like the pedal i've used the most it just compresses and squashes everything in a very nice sort of round way yeah that's like those are probably the essentials i need aside from like instruments and all that which i'm not particularly picking on i can pretty much pick up anything and get something out of it are you, are you, you know? not a, are you not a guitar guy where you can kind of look at a, look at like a whole row of guitars and, and you just know what each one sort of does or achieves no nope, i am not a guitar person um 
I like guitars, but I'm more about visuals. Like I will always appreciate a really nice looking guitar. I think just because I have a guitar, like I have this weird modded Telecaster with Gretsch pickups that I don't think I'm ever going to be able to find a guitar that sounds better. It's just perfect in my opinion. It's got the right amount of everything I'd want. So I'm always fascinated by guitars that stand out in more extreme ways. Like I was looking at a, um, a Casio guitar that has a tape deck built into it. Uh-huh. I was very close to buying that. I'm glad I did it because those guitars are a nightmare to get working, but like, it's a guitar with a tape deck in it. Like, that's cool. You can't beat that. That's extravagant. That's so cool. That's extravagant. Yeah, that's like, I don't even- It's like a yes or something. Like, <laughs> ELP. Uh, yeah, it's prog. like a, it's like this prog thing where like you'd put a tape in to get like a backing track or like some, if you're like doing busking, I guess you could put like your backing track in a tape deck and just bring an amp and a microphone and do that. Like it's such a- weird product to exist yeah you know guitars like that i'm always fascinated with like i've uh, there's a band called the cha-cha-chas who have a guitar with all the pedals built into the guitar so they just turn on a switch and the pedal goes on they don't need a pedal board oh, well. you know those guitars are the guitars that i go and just like that's very nice yeah yeah i um, yeah. what's your thoughts on double neck guitars is that necessary um i think they're cool but like <laughs> I'm probably never going to use them. Like, I've never seen one in person. Like, I don't know. I think they're cool. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't know whether they're silly or not. But um, I saw a Cheap Trick in Bristol two or three years ago, and uh, I thought his name is Rick, Rick Nielsen, isn't it? He's, he's the guy in Cheap Trick. Yeah, yeah, Rick Nielsen. Yeah, but he, he came on with a double neck, and I, for some reason, I, I was just so excited about it. <laughs> just, just the, the sheer, the sheer. Because I've never seen one before. I've yeah. never seen someone use one before. Yeah, the cheap trick double guitar, that's like a classic double double guitar. Like yeah, that's yeah. like a band that kind of needs one. Like it's yeah, so yeah. iconic and they use it well. Um, another dude, John Otway, I've seen him use a double neck guitar and he physically like smashes like the two parts together to play the strings. Okay. It's like he can play two sides of the neck at the same time. It's very cool. <laughs> um, so does each, each uh, aside from practical like, issues in terms of like whether you're in a band or whether it's a sort of solo thing but like uh, is there a, a certain method for each moniker and project yeah do you have a when, when, if you're doing a if you're doing a um uh, collective hardcore you're like, you're like right as a certain process certain method certain mindset as opposed to something else you know when you approach it um I th- it just kind of depends on like what i want to get out of it like sometimes i'll approach it with like I need to just play my guitar for an hour and just try out a bunch of different things and get this sort of perfect sound. And then there's times where I'm just like, I'm going to press record. I don't know what I'm going to play, but it has to be something. And then I'll just try and reconstruct it from that. Like, okay, I played this at that point. I've got to play that on the bass at that point. Okay. I fuck up at this point. Can I make that sound good at this point? It kind of depends. I just like going into something and going with the flow, I guess, you know, Yeah. The other day I spent like an entire seven hours just trying to get one disco junk demo perfect because I had all these ideas in my head that I wanted to put down and get on there. And I think it turned out really well. But, you know, there have been times where I've written and recorded a song in 30 minutes, just like, you know, and I think it's come out just as well. Yeah. It just kind of yeah. depends. Yeah, cool, man. Um, uh, so... I think like, I think Australia. I mean, Australia just seems to be 
having such a moment in music to, to, to my mind like and uh there's so many fucking wicked bands coming out of, come out of australia is there like a is is there a sort of a heritage you guys are drawing from you uh, research reactor core set top box all that all, all you all you kind of you bunch you know is there like a a heritage that you guys are taking from you know that you know, your kind of successors in in your style of music yeah, there's definitely a lot of like history and heritage behind Australian punk, you know, it's always kind of been an interesting spot for punk from like, you know, the 70s with a lot of the first punk bands like Razor and uh, Psycho Surgeons doing like seven inches covered in blood. There's a lot of great comps for that, where the Birdman flew and Bloodstains from Australia. I remembered like getting those, like, you know, getting them when I was, you know, getting into local punk and being blown away that like music this intense and mad was being made at that time. And there's been like tons of like weird mainstream blips of like punk and synth punk that like America and like other countries never even got. Like there's a band called Regurgitator that was like mainstream pop in the nineties that like we're doing stuff that sounds modern today. Like they have an album called Art and like, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. Just like, it's so weird. It's got so many like fast screaming punk songs like synth lines it's got like a bunch of 80s new wave stuff and like it's clear like you know probably a lot of australian bands are you know listening to that sort of stuff or at least i am you know listen to it and then we're just like i want to make that and yeah there's a lot of you know history of punk in australia that's you know i'm very proud to say came from our country it's one of the very few things i am i am able to say that comes from australia that i'm proud of Yeah, yeah. Oh, what do I think of Eggpunk? Yeah, what do you think of Eggpunk? Yo, do you, is it something you, um, yeah, yeah, just tell me, as a, but purely as a kind of, as a term, as a, as, a, as, a, as a description. I mean, if someone was to call me Eggpunk, I wouldn't be offended at all, because that's the, you know, that's kind of where, where I'm based around. Those are a lot of my favourite bands, what I'm influenced by. And I do think the name is quite an apt description. I don't know why Egg works so well, but just having talked with a lot of the people who originated egg punk and the people who, you know, founded it and who are most associated with it and their disdain for it, it kind of leaves me not liking using the word, I guess. Like it's, it's kind of a term that got way too out of hand. You know, it's been co-opted by a few very bad people or bad eggs, excuse that pun. That yeah. was horrific, but yeah, uh, you got to laugh at me. Don't worry. I think it's just kind of a term that I think it's better if I don't use and you know I just the term I use for it honestly is a twitch punk I don't know why that makes sense but just kind of twitchy sort of neurotic sort of punk that's the term I've always used for it but you know okay I just say call it punk call it synth punk call it whatever yeah yeah synth punk yeah I mean uh, yeah I, I I was I was unaware that there was a kind of a it had been tainted somewhat that genre i guess yeah I, I i wasn't aware of it yeah a lot of the people who like originated it got like you know harassed and like you know made fun of and then just like you know people would find it and just like be fucking dicks with it like especially with like the mark winner stuff like there's some fucking horrible people who like spread dlimc around these you know really i guess you know sort of alt-right communities and now there's a lot of, you know, the people who are fucking racist Nazis who are listening to DLIMC and 
claiming that egg punk is their favorite genre. I don't know if you know a dude called Negative XP, but he released a song called Scott Pilgrim Ruined an Entire Generation of Women that like, you know, it's like a fucking Nazi dog whistle to a lot of people because like, you know, so many Nazis were listening to it. And it's just kind of now associated forever with this name, which it's it's a fucking name. So it has no power. Like, you know, it's just a bunch of syllables, but like, you know, it's really fucking sad, honestly. Yeah, that, but that's how the alt-right work, don't they? Is they kind of... Um, yeah. They, they, they appropriate... Um, they appropriate other 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 people's culture and they turn it into this kind of jocular nihilistic um, subversion tactic don't they to kind of to kind of make yeah. their own make their own right wing uh, thinking a little bit more palatable oh, it's all under the guise of a joke isn't it it's all under the guise of a kind of yeah meme irreverence and and it's such a shame that that yeah. egg punk has been sucked into the useless bullshit you know yeah, it's fucking awful. Like, yeah. all of that shit is just taken from other cultures and now forever ruined, like, you know, the swastika is the classic example. Like, that's just a Buddhist symbol. And if you go to, you know, several Buddhist temples, you'll see it everywhere because to them it's, you know, I'm not sure the exact meaning, but it's a mean, it's a positive meaning that's been forever ruined by this just, this fucking group of yeah. just the worst people on the planet. It's just sad. And I'm glad that, you know, this music is still being made, like, a lot of those people are still making music. They've just fought through it. Well, believe it or not, uh, there's a um, there's a county hall in Essex. I don't know where Essex, just outside London. There's a county. Yeah, but, Essex, but it's got it's got swastikas all over it because because yeah, it was built prior to the uh, to the popular understanding of what uh, or the, the the popular perception of, of what the swastika now means. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really funny. Um, all right. Uh, Magnetic visions, man. What um what made you dream that one up? I think I just wanted to make a fanzine. Like I I've been interested in fanzines for a long time. I like reading them. And when I was doing it, no one in Melbourne was doing kind of a general punk fanzine. So I thought I'd give it a shot. Um the first issue was put together when Disco Junk was going through a lot of strife with its members. So it was a good distraction for that. And then during lockdown, it was just the perfect thing to do. I could talk to bands who would want something to talk about. I had this thing that I could put together and print and make a nice product of, and people enjoyed reading it. And now it's just an, it's, I've definitely slowed it down since, you know, the pandemic, but it's just a nice thing that I can do. And it's a nice thing to, you know, get, you know, help people out. You know, I've introduced people to bands, which makes me really fucking happy. I think to me, that's like the most beautiful thing about a zine isn't it it's just um it, it's the exposures that it's the exposure to bands it's the it's the kind of pointer to other to other artists you know yeah um, and it's like what you're doing as well like i found stuff through like you know your radio show and you talking about bands on instagram it's fantastic yeah oh, well that's that's it that's what it's all about i think like as well like magnetic magnetic visions or heads sticks or or um this the, the world at the moment the world of blogs and zines and i do feel like there's a kind of like in it well, it might sound a bit silly, but I do feel like there's a kind of like a, a little bit of a family thing going on. Yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. like, you know, most people know each other or at least know of each other and they're able to connect, communicate, interact and spread each other around. So if you know one person, you'll eventually be exposed to this and this and you get in the loop very quickly. Yeah. Which is really nice that it's not scattered and all that. Yeah. And that's punk. Isn't it? That's punk. That's what punk should be. You know, that, that's what punk is supposed to be. A, a kind of like a, a sort of fringe family of, of you know, 
like-minded spirits you know yeah like you don't have to you just you know there's no bullshit these people are in some way dissatisfied with the world and they want an escape from all that bullshit and they can find it and they don't have to deal with a lot of what they have to deal with, I guess, in the big corporate world or whatever, you know, yeah. is going on outside of it. Sure. It's great. Um, any future, any future projects lined up? I know you said you've got a, like a whole vault of material, but um, yeah. Have you got any, any project, any, any new, any new kind of monikers or aliases that you, you, you're going to operate under that we should keep an eye out for? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I'm definitely like I'm recording. A, I've been started. I kind of went through a bit of a dry spell recently, but I've started recording again and putting stuff together. So I might, you know, do something new. I want to do a new um, Sylvie S thing. Disco Junk are going to start recording our album Thursday, which I'm really excited about. You know, we're just going to try give it a shot recording it ourselves. And that's been in the works for like three years now. It's a very big thing. I'm very excited to get done and get out there gonna be very cool nice there's one. stuff to look forward to um yeah i'll probably think of just something up randomly and it'll appear on- online the next day so you know keep <laughs> in touch baby keep us on our toes yeah exactly i'm not i don't plan anything i just kind of run and do it you know yeah that's, oh, I, think that's, I, I think that's quite i like that approach um do you what about the future do you sort of see yourself kind of do you, do you ever think about, I mean, it, it, not even so much music, this might sound a bit deep, but do you ever think about the future in terms of like, you know, how you'll have to, how you'll be keeping yourself afloat? And because I, I, I sometimes do, I think, am I, am I going to be 70 doing heads on sticks? I, I, I don't really know. Like, like fleeting, yeah. fleeting kind of little moments, you know. I'm, I'm very future focused. Like, I'm always trying to figure out, you know, okay, what do I, like, you know, not just what I'm going to do next in music, but what I'm going to do, you know, just like in the near future. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm just going to keep doing this until it's fun. And if it stops being fun, then I'll stop doing it and find something else to do, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not set on anything and I'm always willing to experiment or change things, you know? Like, you know, I've got, it's just going to kind of depend on what happens, you know, just with the world and what's going on outside of music. And, you know, if like, what even goes on inside of music? Because, you know, scenes and even countries as a whole go through stages of like you know not having much active going on like Australia was very quiet for like 10 years like during the 90s and 2000s it was very quiet internationally you know not a lot of bands sort of broke through and things were quite insular I guess like you know that could happen and then I might shift my focus towards something else I don't know and it's equal parts scary and exciting you know what will happen I, I do. I can sort of see you being a future weird Paul. <laughs> Fuck. I fucking love that man. Okay. <laughs> like he's like, I remembered like just finding him on YouTube randomly and being like, holy shit. Like even his music, especially like I need a pencil sharpener is like in my top 10, like favorite albums of all time. You know, if I become weird Paul, I'll be fucking happy. You know, that's, that, that's an achievement. Okay. Like that man is legendary. Yeah, I, I, I felt extraordinary as well. A lot of his stuff is sort of like late eighties, early nineties, whatever. But you, you hear it, you hear it, and it, it just it sits right at home with like a lot of the kind of like, all that sort of the, the lo-fi stuff happening in America and the states, and it's totally it feels totally current, doesn't it? Totally contemporary. It makes sense in the music yeah, it, climate right now, you know. I think his music is just really underrated. Like, just no one's ever really like. I'm surprised there's been like zero labels that have just like offered to press something to vinyl, like. You know, like I would fucking 
kill to get like I need a pencil sharpener on vinyl. Um, I managed to get a copy of um, Does Anyone Want This on tape when he did like 25, a couple of, uh, I think it was two years back. And that's like one of my most prized possessions, you know. Yeah. I, this is just me calling out to someone. Fucking press one of his albums to vinyl. It will, it will sell. I'll, I'll get copies in Australia. Just someone do it. <laughs> um, what, uh, is there any, any, anyone in the UK that you're, uh, you've got your eyes on? Any, any uh, bands or artists that uh, are um, UK based? Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know that much about the UK, but like, I'm always trying to keep my eye out. Like the other, like a couple of months ago, I found um, Tommy Kosak, who's a new sort of dude. He's been in bands for a while, but he just had his stuff on Bandcamp. It was just like some lockdown shit. And it's fucking incredible. And Under Heat are going to release his album in Australia. It's really good. So yeah. for the UK people, watch out for him. He's doing live shows as well. So he's just recovering from like a bad hand injury. Yeah, he's great because um, I, I actually, when I think about that kind of Twitch punk, I should say, uh, the that sort of broad scene, I, I associate him being in that. But I was really surprised he's from London because like, cause, like, you just don't really have that in England at the moment. You don't really have any of that in in the UK. Uh, you got yeah. that in America, you got that in the states, and um, but you don't re- you don't really have anything like that in, in England. But um, there is a there is a band called I Know I'm an Alien. I don't know if you've heard them. Oh yeah, I know them. They're fucking. I was I probably would have mentioned them as well. I'm yeah, yeah. fairly new to the band. Like I only discovered them like two or three months ago, but they're really good. Um, yeah, I mainly funny. associate the UK with like post punk and all that. Like I mean, the Cool Greenhouse is a great example. Like you know, yeah, that man's like on another level. Like of just weird stuff, echolalically satisfying. You know, vocal sort of spoken word sort of punk. No, that's the main thing I associate, I guess, the UK with a lot of post-punk and that sort of thing, you know, sort of the rough trade sort of stuff, Yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, cool. Um, all right, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up soon, but I've got to ask you, mate, Super Mario, are, are you actually any good? Um, I speed ran it for a while. Um, I'm not, like, top contender, but, like, I played a lot of that game, and I will, I will comfortably say I'm above the average person, like... <laughs> I know my way around those games a little bit. Like, you know, if I ever like break my, if like, I don't know, breaking my hand is a bad example, but like if music, like if I was given like a magical wish to say, okay, you can change what you're doing now and like go full on into something. I'd probably pick speedrunning if I couldn't do music just cause it's something I really enjoy. Yeah. I'm good at Mario. Don't fuck with me in that game. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I wasn't, I wasn't implying anything. But I, I mean, uh, I'm not, I want, I'm not saying to you, I'm saying to the audience, okay? <laughs> I don't know. I know your intentions are good. I'm not saying to the audience. I, I felt Watch that, me. I felt that finger jab there, Bill. That went right up to the screen there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, I'm going to have to, a shameless, uh, a shameless show off here, but I did get every single moon on Odyssey, even, even the, um, that mad difficult level where it's just like, gauntlet after gauntlet after gauntlet i got that moon yeah that one yeah i got odyssey like in april and i think i played i've like i peed it like two times over getting all the moons the one that was hard for me was the fucking jump rope one that one like that took me like two days to get just like getting 100 in a row that was difficult man I can't remember that. The, the one the one i really remember getting like right on my tits was um uh it, some, it, some of those ones where it's like it's like there's an invisible floor and there's like snapping flowers, but you've got to use the purple slime to reveal reveal the floor. Yeah, that one. Yeah, so, that one. That one was a pain in the ass as well. Oh man, I was I was like I nearly fucking threw the controller at the wall. Like it, 
Uh, for, for, for a man in his 30s, I was getting far too annoyed at Super Mario Odyssey. No, no, it is difficult <laughs> at times. Like, that is completely justifiable. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bill. Uh, it's been a pleasure, mate. I really enjoyed chatting to you. And uh, uh, I'm really, really pleased that you're the first guest on the, uh, on the, on the Heads of Six Chats, man. I'm pleased that I could be the first guest. I'm very excited to see who else you get. Very keen for this thing. I'm, I'm a big fan of podcasts, especially music-based ones, and I don't think there's enough around. So, hell yeah. That was great. That was really, really good. I really enjoyed that. I hope you guys did too. There is practically problem-free. There was a couple of Zoom fuck-ups. Uh, the, the screen went black for some reason, but Billy was very cool about it. It didn't last too long. It felt like a long time, but it didn't last too long. Uh, yeah, I learned a lot. By the way, from now on, Eggpunk is no more. It's now Twitch Punk. Thanks, Billy, and thanks for introduce, introducing that to me to me to my lexicon. Uh, be sure to check out his singles comp. Uh, that'll be on the Warthog. Oh, what is it called again? The Warthog Inc. Uh, Bandcamp. Uh, and also, big thanks to Billion for his for his uh, theme tune. He did the theme for this, and it was, I absolutely love it. Absolutely brilliant. So that will be the theme tune forever. And uh, big thanks to Dirtbag Distros James for his incredible artwork. And I he'll I hope he'll be doing the visual identity for the podcast uh, from henceforth. Uh, this will be up on Podbean, but obviously I do want to get this out onto you know Apple and Spotify or whatever. So when you see it, f- give it a follow, give it a like, give it a subscribe. Do the usual things you got to do. Uh, if you want to ask me any questions, it's tom at headsonsticks.co.uk. Ask me anything you like, questions, abuse, whatever you want. Cheers, guys. All the best. And uh, I look forward to the next one. Take it easy.